Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're back. Another show today. I've got my guy Sunil. We're talking about John Lynch, who gave us a, a good amount of information. Some more information has come out since the last time we've streamed, and I've got my guy Sunil taking us all through it after this. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. I'm back uh, with another show here, and I've got my guy uh, Sunil here with me. We're talking some interesting football today. How you doing, my man? Doing fantastic, man. And you know, I always say covering this team is is always exciting because even in the off season, there's always stuff to talk about, man. It's it's for real, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days a year. So um, yeah, a lot to talk about, man. So I'm excited to get get to it with you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we talk about how this part of the offseason, the dead part has now kind of departed. Now we're it's draft combine this week. After that, mm-hmm. we talk about free agency, which starts, I believe, in two weeks on the 16th. Then uh, free agency goes for about two weeks. And then after that, you've got the uh, NFL draft that comes up in the end of April. Mock drafts will start coming out. All that kind of talk starts coming out. And so it's a it's a bunch of interesting talk for sure. Yeah, let's do it. And, uh, you know, you, you said uh, that dead part was that. It's like, where was the dead part? Like, I don't I don't remember. Maybe there wasn't games, but there was constant conversation. About, oh, yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. So it hasn't really been dead, but I get what you mean. Exactly. I mean, it hasn't been dealt with this team for sure. But let's get into it because John Lynch spoke a little bit yesterday, talked about uh, the the issues with the quarterback situation, obviously. Brock Purdy, um, Lynch revealed surgery was supposed to happen he flew to texas and the doctor i think it's jason meisner had told him the inflammation was too much then he also talked about trey lance what's kind of your take on what he said about this quarterback situation yeah so i mean in all john lynch press conferences you got to kind of read between the lines because he's so good at his pr training and you know he's very much so gonna talk for a long time without necessarily always saying something. So whenever I look for what to take away from his press conferences, it's wherever there are consistencies and wherever there are inconsistencies. I think that's where you could kind of read between the lines. And when it comes to Brock Purdy and his surgery, I think this is one of the cases where there were some inconsistencies because the, the confidence that they had, I think right after the season, whether it was Lynch, whether it was uh, Shanahan, the discussion was they were pretty confident that six-month timeline 
was going to be it. And they weren't afraid to be like, you know, it looks like everybody's saying six months and six months, six months. That number was really, uh, you know, drilled into our head. Mm -hmm. This press conference, though, Rohan, he was tempered as far as giving any kind of timeline. So to me, that makes me believe that there is some skepticism as far as if that timeline is going to be there. I don't think that the swelling is minor. I think that it is a bigger deal, um, whether or not they want to admit right. to it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, we mentioned it and I, I'm pretty, I was pretty adamant. I didn't think he was going to be ready for the beginning of the season just because surgeries and rehabs and all this kind of stuff, there's always going to be something going on. So already if you're postponing it, um, even by a week, you just laid out kind of what the trajectory of the, uh, of the next, you know, everything's now it's off season. We're going um, combine. Uh, free agency draft and that free agency is very interesting for the 49ers because the caliber of quarterback they're going to go after is going to be highly dependent on what Brock Purdy can and can't do. And mm -hmm. to me, I think that, uh, I think that we're leaning towards probably going after a, a decent backup quarterback because you don't know what, what you could, you could expect from Brock Purdy. Right, and I mean, when you hear what John Lynch said, he 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 had acknowledged the surgery issues, and right now the timeline's unknown. But he also acknowledged the fact that Brock, in a way, earned the respect of his teammates. And when you were hearing about the conversation between the two quarterbacks, Purdy and Lance, it seemed like internally, Purdy is viewed right now as the as, as the higher option just because of the way he played when he had the opportunity. And I'm I don't think I I discredit that at all. I agree with that sentiment at the moment because one has played eight games. The other has played four quarters or five quarters, however you want to view it. And <clears throat> on top of that, you know, Purdy played well. He he took him to the NFC Championship game in his mm -hmm. rookie season. And so I think that there is semblance about it. But I think it's intriguing because you've got a quarterback who you're backing, a guy who you're saying right now seems like your favorite, but he's not going to be there the guy who is going to be there and likely starts week one, which we'll get to in a minute, is the guy who you're saying you have confidence in but needs to show durability and things like that. So I thought it was an interesting two sides of the situation. Another comment that I'll bring that I uh, I want to get your thoughts on, the Athletic Smack Barrows uh, earlier this week, I believe, on a podcast, talked about Brock Purdy, or I think he was on CanBR, and he talked about Brock Purdy, and he said how, yeah, I mean, the surgery, it's a little concerning, and now – the timeline with six months they don't know when he's going to be back and at the moment it seems almost certain that trey lance is going to be the week one starter given the way that the 49ers have handled their quarterback situation thus far and what they've said about adding a veteran starter well one thing about 49ers and the quarterback situation is nothing is ever certain so um that's one thing right uh, i don't think kyle shanahan would ever come out and guarantee anything this early into the offseason so it, it's looking like trey lance is going to be the only viable option as of now that's on the roster but uh before we talk about the barrels article rohan i wanted to um, piggyback off of something that you mentioned because i think it's something that a narrative is being created and it's the players and the team and uh kind of being behind brock purdy and not necessarily feeling that same sentiment about Trey Lance. And I think that that's accurate, but I also think that it's read too deep into. And why I mean that, Rohan, both of us have played, um, you know, team sports before. I'm sure, you know, most of the people watching this have been involved in some kind of team event, if not team sports. 
And there's a different bond that's created on the field, in the games, in practice, all that kind of stuff. That's different from, you know, even somebody who's on the team, but not really going through those battles with you. And I don't think that necessarily that means that the player that wasn't in the huddles or, um, you know, on the court, on the field, whatever we're talking about, doesn't mean that the team doesn't believe in them. But there's a different bond that's created when you're week after week, you're going to battle with, with, with your teammates. And I think that it makes sense why players and teams like kind of are talking more about Purdy because he's the one that you could actually really talk about, right? How much can a player keep talking about potential of a player? At the end of the day, their mentality is next man up. So whomever is that person that's going to battle with them is the person that they're going to speak highly of. And so I think there's that narrative that's being created that, you know, Purdy is the leader and he should be the leader in the sense that he's the only quarterback that would be on the roster that has proven anything. Trey still hasn't. And Trey has that mentality that I need to earn this position. Nothing should be handed to me. But in my eyes, Rohan, if it's a 1v1 battle in training camp, both people are healthy. I believe Trey Lance is coming out of that battle as QB1. And I think that you'd hear a lot of the same sentiments and positive things about Trey Lance once this team starts winning with Trey Lance. I think that's the only thing that's missing is these guys haven't been able to go consistently to battle with Trey. But I don't want to read too much into the team is backing Purdy because I think that's the only person they really can back because that's the only person they've really gotten to battle for, gotten to battle with. You're on mute right now, Rowan. There we go. I, I And I, what I'm saying is I definitely agree with that. I think that that's a good way to put it. And so to me, I, I do agree. Like I'm, I don't have an issue with the way necessarily that the players have said what they've said. I, I agree in most part with what they've said as well. Uh, I find it interesting that you say in a competition you do believe Trey Lance would be the successor. Uh, I, I think that, that – I mean we saw right now last offseason Trey Lance – and it entered the uh, the season as quarterback one, ended up being the quarterback one going into the year. It's just funny how the loop is coming again because Lance ended up being QB one and he was sidelined. And now he's not, he wasn't viewed as QB one anymore because of the injury to Brock Purdy, who was viewed as QB one. But now the injury to Purdy has now placed Lance back in the position he was initially in the QB one role. And I don't think the 49ers go out and sign a veteran quarterback that really uh, it's not that they won't compete, but, I don't think they allocate enough money towards that position to where you can believe you have a frontline starter from whoever you sign in the backup pool. And so to me, I think that the 49ers are comfortable with their quarterback situation, but all signs right now point to Trey Lance being quarterback one. Uh, Obviously the way that I've said it, and I don't know if I said it last week with you, but it was Trey. uh, This is Brock Purdy's job to lose, meaning if he's healthy, he should likely be viewed as the top guy, although it'll be a competition in training camp. However, Trey Lance is going to get every chance to prove that he's the guy because he is now going to go into the offseason as the only guy with the reps of the two that are going to get a full offseason together with the new team. And also a full like Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to create a playbook based on Lance's skills. I don't think it changes too much from the current playbook, although I do think that, you know, the zone read system will be implemented because of how effective it was. It was extremely, extremely effective in the first two weeks of the year. How effective it was, I think that that'll be utilized even more just because of Lance's ability to tuck it. Um, 
So I, I do think that there's a lot to talk about there. But yeah, I think Trey Lance, I, I do think that that's a possibility. However, and it's, it's oh, actually you go for us. You go for Well, what I was going to say is I think that's what people are, are forgetting is this offense was looking. I mean, look, obviously, week one, Chicago in the monsoon. You can't really, you know, that changed the whole trajectory of what was possible as far as game plan and all that kind of stuff. And any quarterback in the 49ers offense, week one always underperforms. Let's just say, could put it nicely. But that week two offense against Seattle was was moving with with Trey. And if he didn't get injured, all of those plays that Jimmy came back to and looked great under would have been Trey plays. And I think Trey would have executed the same way, if not better. And that's just what the issue is. And look, I'm also I'm a big Trey guy, obviously, and I believe in him. But there is something to be said that, look, man, you got to be durable. You was nicked up um, year one, you know, where you, the finger and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, year two, season-ending injury. And, you know, those things are – I don't know if you could really – you know, that that's just like a fluke injury. But Purdy was injured or at least nicked up as well. And each time he, he figured out a way to not miss a start. Right. And I think that's one thing that is kind of separating. And obviously, I'm not trying to say necessarily Trey is injury prone, but there there is a level of at a certain point, we can't just keep saying you're not getting enough reps. At a certain point, you have to be available and you have to take those reps and you have to, you know, be smart about the situations that you're putting yourself into. Because at the end of the day, the, the team is reliant on you to stay healthy and be there for this team to have any success so i think a lot of the blame is being positioned on kyle shanahan like oh he doesn't keep his quarterbacks healthy and look i i think that's a valid debate i don't necessarily think so but i think that that's a valid debate with all the quarterbacks that have been injured for the 49ers but there is a certain aspect to the player as well like you gotta you gotta make sure to do whatever you can to stay healthy and i think I think this year he's going to get every opportunity, like you said, but it's up to him to maximize that because I don't know how many more opportunities he gets after this year. Right. And I, I do think that that's fair. And when you talk about the opportunity, right, with Lance, the only way to get opportunity is to have the opportunity, right? Uh, I mean, that that's the part of the uh, the issue. And I know we just both endorsed Trey Lance for this upcoming season. But I've got to shift it to a very intriguing topic, and that is the opposite of endorsing Trey Lance because Aaron Rodgers, um, I, I, I have to say, I haven't talked about him at all with the 49ers this, uh, this offseason, but Aaron Rodgers now is coming closer to his decision. And with Tom Brady out of the loop, with Brock Purdy's situation really unknown, could Aaron Rodgers be a possibility for the 49ers? And should they do it if – Brock Purdy is assumed to not be ready for the regular season. Um, first, want to shout out my boy Lo the Truth. Haven't seen him in a minute. Uh, thanks for jumping in, my guy. Um, here's my thing, Rohan. So let's first talk about logistically about Aaron Rodgers. This is a Hail Mary at the least, right? Um, what it's going to take for the Green Bay Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers, if they'd even be willing to, you're going to have to overpay like crazy, right? And the 49ers don't have 
that much draft capital, high level draft capital, high picks to be able to give up. Um, because obviously they made the trade for Trey. They made the trade, they traded away of all of them for, to get Trey and then the CMC trade as well. But let's say somehow there is a package that they could get Aaron Rodgers. I would only bring in Aaron Rodgers if I believe Brock Purdy is my quarterback of the future. And why I say that is they're in a kind of interesting situation where Brock Purdy is going to be injured, is injured, right? And maybe he could take a year to rehab that elbow, right? You bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who is going to be relatively cheap, right? 15 million, something like that for whatever team trades for him this year. And instantly you become the favorite for the Super Bowl. This team with Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback is by far the favorite uh, to win the Super Bowl. I would guarantee you they'd be number one in Vegas as far as their, their, their ability to win the Super Bowl. Why I think that could be fair is obviously Aaron Rodgers is closer to the end of his career than to the beginning of his career, right? And if he's already in the works of contemplating you know, retirement and stuff like that, Maybe you get the best year out of Aaron Rodgers. It, it leads to a Super Bowl, kind of like how the Matt Stafford deal did for the Rams. And then Aaron Rodgers goes off into the wilderness, like I said, um, and, you know, retires with, you know, his second Super Bowl. Um, got to do it in, you know, near his hometown and all that kind of stuff. And you have the heir apparent in Brock Purdy waiting in the in the background. So you don't miss that opportunity as far as losing out on a starting quarterback because, Obviously, the 49ers aren't going to be drafting high enough to to get uh, a young quarterback um, anytime soon, right? So to me, that would be the only situation that I'm looking at it. If you have belief in Trey Lance, which I think they do, I don't think you bring Aaron Rodgers in. I think that that's fair. And right now, I mean, well, I'll answer the second part of my question or first part. Should they do it? At the moment, it just doesn't seem like it's unrealistic uh, for multiple possibilities. One. I don't think the Packers even look to trade Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco. I don't even know if they want to trade him within the NFC in general, but to San Francisco especially, I don't think they look to do so. Uh, and two, I don't think that the 49ers are looking at Aaron Rodgers and their current plans. When we've seen the quarterback situation and how contracts play, I've said it so many times, rookie contracts is where it is really. The last six Super Bowls, if you include Carson Wentz with the Eagles, there's been a team with one player on a rookie contract uh, at quarterback because it allows you for the most flexibility at other positions, and I think that that's very important. Rodgers, I also don't know exactly the fit. I, I think this is a very interesting question because he didn't like the LaFleur system uh, as much. It seems like he, he likes running his own show, and I don't know how that fit. Now, about the possibility and what it would do for the 49ers. I mean, Rodgers is a bona fide good quarterback, and he, he would be the best quarterback that Kyle Shanahan's ever operated with in San Francisco by far. And I think that it definitely elevates the 49ers to a championship window, but it also limits their cap space because he's going to cost up a hell of a lot more than what Trey Lance and Brock Purdy combined are going to cost. So I think that there are a lot of these situations like that. And to me, that's why I don't know the realistic possibility behind it. I like your analysis, though. If they believe Brock Purdy is the future, um, uh, then they do it. But at this point, I honestly don't know if they have any enough data to even come to that conclusion, especially understanding that Brock Purdy will not be healthy likely for the beginning of the season. I don't understand if that's what – like for that reason, I don't understand if they would make this move or not. 
because yeah. right now you oh, only have one quarterback that might be healthy, and he's the one quarterback who you're turning your back on pretty much in this move. Yeah, um, like I said, I, it's – I mean, I, I, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers only mentioned one team that he's not going to go to, and that was the 49ers, right? So the chances of the 49ers exactly. getting him are, are – are very very slim. We're just talking like in a dream scenario right now. But mm-hmm. the other the other thing is why you know it's it's probably a hail mary is the 49ers haven't shown necessarily the mentality to like go all in for one year, right? They're they're very much the t- the type of front office and coaching staff that looks to make your team better without jeopardizing future success as well. And um, Aaron Rodgers would not be that move. Aaron Rodgers would definitely be a move that we have to win the Super Bowl in the next two years kind of thing. Um, and they haven't necessarily ever made that move, right? Um, so it would be a complete philo- philosophical change of mentality from what this team usually has done, which is intriguing because, Rohan, I think I think everybody's starting to feel that, hey, just the net NFC championship game isn't enough. I think the talk about Kyle Shanahan, the talk about is this team, you know, the the Andy Reid Eagles or is this team, you know, the um, Buffalo Bills that can never win the big game. Like, can she can't like all that talk, like obviously what changed Andy Reid from being just a great coach to now people thinking he's the best coach in the league, maybe top five of all time is a is a mvp caliber quarterback so maybe kyle shanahan is like yo give me give me an mvp caliber quarterback and uh, i'll show you what i'm capable of as well and and i think one thing about rohan is to me what's interesting is how much did the cmc trade and the success of that trade influence kyle shanahan as far as high level talent what it does to his offense right i think that there's always been this narrative that Kyle Shanahan could get the best out of any player. So you don't necessarily need to give him, uh, give him, um, save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app, get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. High-level talent at the running back position, right? They finally did with CMC, and the and the difference in the offense was noticeable, right? I wonder if that changes what Kyle Shanahan wants as far as the, the level of talent. Maybe he's, maybe he's like, hmm, maybe if I do have better talent, that – uh, that makes my offense look even better. I don't know. Well, it, that'd be interesting to see how he thinks about that now. Yeah, I mean, they do have a lot of talented players, so it's interesting, but CMC definitely provides something different. And, I mean, when you talk about it, I, I do agree. I, I think that there is a talk necessarily – or a talk to be had, but, there again, it's speculation here with Rodgers. One thing that isn't speculation, though, quarterback situation, going back to it, the backup. John Lynch said the 49ers will look to add somebody be in the draft or as a veteran. 49ers throwback here says, let's sign Marcus Mariota. He's one of the guys who hit the open market recently. 
what would your, be your thoughts to Marcus Mariota? Do you think it's realistic? Would you do it? What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be amazing. I do, the the like obviously his skill set and his um his career in the NFL, I think would be great fit for Trey Lance as a backup because they can do a lot of the same things. And Marcus Mariota was a top pick that really had to earn, like learn, you know, he didn't, he, he was considered a bust and then, you know, still was able to earn his way back into a starting position and still a viable player in this league. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of experience and wisdom there that Trey Lance could learn from because, you know, he's kind of on that same trajectory right now unless he balls out this year. Right. So I think that could be helpful. But the, the, the second part of your question, is it realistic? That's where it becomes a little bit tricky because I do believe Marcus Mariota would be open to a backup position, but I don't think he'd be open to not being able to suit up. Right. And, and that's where I think it becomes tricky for the 49ers and Brock Purdy is because if Brock Purdy is back into the picture where we do, unless it's Tommy John at some point in the year, you would expect him to come back and be able to be on this team. Well, you can't suit up three quarterbacks. So that would mean either Brock Purdy isn't suited up or whomever they bring in isn't suited up. And most people would think that Brock Purdy would be the guy that, that gets, get, gets activated each week. So to me, that's the question because now would a Marcus Mariota come to the 49ers knowing that there's a, he might end up the third string, right? I don't know if he would be open to that. So I think that's what kind of limits it. I think a lot is going to be based off of, you know, when Brock Purdy has his surgery and what ends, what kind of surgery it ends up being. And the points you bring up are very interesting, right? Because Marcus Mariota is a – he's a solid player for sure. And the 49ers, I mean, they had firsthand experience in seeing him. He would also fit well with Trey Lance as a backup because he has the ability to run with his legs and fit in this type of system. The thing about Marcus Mariota, though, is I don't know if it's realistic on either side. The 49ers, I don't know if they're going to shell out the money that Marcus Mariota might require given that he's still relatively young and might be one of the top options as a backup on the market, given that he started this past year and has started in his career. Remember, uh, after some down years, he got $8 million a year with the Raiders, and then he ended up being a starter with the Falcons this year. So I don't know exactly if he fits price range-wise. And the other thing, the biggest point that you bring up, and the most important, is Marcus Mariota himself and quarterbacks themselves. When you come to San Francisco, you have to understand, me and Jack Hammer talked about this last week, you have to understand that you're going to likely be QB3. You might not suit up on game days because guess what? Brock Purdy, when he comes back from the injury, the 49ers have faith in them. And if they're going for a really a backup level quarterback, that's with the understanding that Marcus Mariota or whoever it might be is going to be the third because Brock Purdy will come back and be the backup once he's healthy. And is Marcus Mariota willing to do that because it likely comes with cheaper money? I don't think so. And it's going to be very intriguing to see who they sign because I wonder, are any of the top-level backup quarterbacks understanding they, they have a interest to start, really? When you're a backup, you're, you're looking to start still. You're looking to compete. Who has the interest to do that? That's going to be the big question. That's why I think Marcus Mariota likely is out of the cards uh, based on realisticness for both sides. But he's certainly an intriguing player. Yeah, and I mean, I, I saw that, and I know Jack's been – 
kind of pressing that. I don't know how – I still think the 49ers could get a solid player, um, a solid backup, because it's not like there's a lot of position – a lot of teams that um, are looking for a backup quarterback to start, right? And what I mean by that is uh, a lot of yeah. teams have – a know lot of teams mean. have their answer there. And, um, you know, like – the Kansas City Chiefs isn't bringing somebody on thinking Mahomes is going to be injured. Eagles aren't thinking. There's a lot of Q, There's a lot of teams that their QB situation is is pretty set. So you're really only hoping kind of for injury if you're a backup to play. Not I wouldn't say hoping, but that's the only way you're getting onto the field. So um, so backup and third string could be kind of the same thing if you're playing in Kansas city or you're playing for the Eagles and all that kind of stuff, you might get a game or two here and there, but for the most part, you're not going to really see the field. Um, there's a lot of situations like that. And I think a lot of other teams are going more with young guys. So the backup quarterback is more of a mentorship type role. So I just think there's still an opportunity for these guys to come in. I mean, you look at a guy like Carson Wentz, he ended up being third string on his team this year. Right. Or, um, you know, uh, you know, guys like Tyler Haneke has been a third string, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I think that that might be a little overblown. I do understand the point. Like, obviously, it, it might not be the first choice for like the high end. I don't think Jacoby Brissett, Marcus Mariota, those type of guys that still feel like they probably could be a starter still young, probably can't get those level. But I still think we could get a high level backup quarterback here just because I don't think there's 32 teams that need a backup quarterback right now and I, I i agree partially i let me rephrase and i by i say backup quarterback with the intention to start i don't mean necessarily that they're coming in to compete but i think their contract indicates that their team views them as a higher level backup quarterback for example teddy bridgewater was not going to eclipse to a tongue of Iloa this past year but he got 10 million dollars and a contract that it kind of said so tyrod taylor was not going to eclipse daniel jones this year but he got the money that necessarily said so. And it, it's kind of like that. But when you talk about the point, I do think that it is important because you, there are players that have to understand their roles. And that's why I think that you can still get a high – it depends, obviously, what your level of high-level backup quarterback is. But I do think that there are options. My number one would be Taylor Heineke, who has publicly said he understands his role and understands the uh, the level of what a backup quarterback could be. Uh, and so I think that he'd be my number one. I just think though that I don't necessarily overblown. I do think that the options would be more limited because of not only the 49ers willingness to pay, but also the understanding of players coming in, knowing that they'll have a chance to compete in training camp, but not necessarily more than that. But I thought on an earlier show that we did, you, you thought that because the 49ers don't have a lot of money towards their quarterback position right now that they might be open to paying somebody six to eight million dollars a year to be the backup for the team. And it depends, but I think that there's a willingness potentially, but I also don't, it, it depends on really Brock Purdy surgery. I thought that if he was going to have Tommy John, they'd have more of a willingness like that, where if he was going to be out for the entirety of the year. But I also think that because of how the situation is, it really depends on how Brock Purdy is, uh, Brock Purdy's situation goes for what this uh, what the quarterback situation will end up being. Yeah, I mean, 
all valid. I just think that they're going to need a backup anyways uh, going into the season. And then, you know, uh, who knows? Who knows if they even want to bring Brock Purdy back midseason. The 49ers aren't usually known to kind of make those type of changes. When it comes to, you know, quarterback, they kind of go with whomever the hot hand is. So, you know, it's all it's all up. I think we'll get a lot more once the surgery finally happens and we'll we'll have a lot more uh, understanding of what their options are. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And yeah, I think that that's a good way to kind of continue on with the quarterback segment. Let's talk about some of the other things that John Lynch said in some quick hitter topics. So we can start with Drake Jackson. He said that we expect a lot from Drake in year two, uh, talking about the strength level needing to kind of improve because of how it is at the NFL level. What do you expect from Jackson in year two, and do you think that um, he could be poised for a bigger role? Well, I think to answer is he poised for a bigger role, absolutely, right? This is kind of how the 49ers tend to bring their rookies in, right? Um, We saw it recently right with Aaron Banks what was the talk about Aaron Banks he needs to get stronger he's getting pushed around at the NFL level they kind of redshirted him a year didn't get much playing time then he came in and nobody was talking about Lake and Tomlinson anymore they were like well we finally got our, our you know we got our left guard for the future and you know letting Lake and Tomlinson walk was looking like a really great decision right I think that the 49ers are excellent at developing players and Drake Jackson was a project. We knew that when they drafted him, right? He was he was a hybrid, and they needed a, him to become an every down kind of uh, D lineman with this, you know, um, coming out of the just just rushing. And he didn't have enough moves. He was raw, but they saw a lot of upside with him. So I think they probably been working with him on his his skills. Uh, obviously, getting him in the weight room, getting him his body to where it needs to be. I more than, you know, expect him to have a major role, not just because they invested a second round pick in him and he was, you know, he's he's their draft pick, but also because the roster itself, like there's room for him to step up because they don't have that bona fide uh, edge rusher alongside Nick Bosa. So it's his job kind of to to win right now or to lose, I would say, because he's probably the only guy on the roster right now to, to take that position. I think that that's fair, and I mean, when you talk about Drake Jackson and the way that uh, John Lynch said it, it's like there is some urgency because the 49ers understand right now they're in a situation where their draft picks need to start hitting, right? You don't have the requisite necessarily cap space to go and insulate every single position every uh, uh, like throughout uh, the next few years. You need to make sure your draft picks kind of hit, and he talked. John Lynch talked about how – uh, our internal candidates just need to get better. Drake Jackson has to take a big step. He talked about Kalia Davis and uh, even Javon Kinlaw. And, I mean, he's the good thing is Jackson's already working at the team facility, which is a good thing. But, uh, you know, you do want Drake Jackson to get stronger. That's how he earns. I, I do believe in him. I think he's a, a very talented player. I mean, it was going to be a uh, kind of a working year in year one because he's coming from a system in USC where he was shifting positions and shifting weights so much where you can understand that a rookie may tire out towards the end of the year. So I think that there's certainly things to be said about Drake Jackson. Um, but it's true. 49ers need him to improve in year two, and we'll see how it goes. And he needs to learn a couple more moves. Right now, he's just yeah. straight speed. He needs to, you know, learn a swim move, learn a spin move. Like he he needs to, uh, you know, learn that skill set. 
lucky for him, the best in the league is on the roster, right? So he needs to be in Nick Bosa's back pocket and kind of just learn everything he can from, from Bosa. And it would be, you know, John Lynch's point is accurate, right? That's kind of what has kept the 49ers as competitive as they've been is because of how much they hit on their draft picks. Right. And I, I wouldn't, I don't expect them to not be able to continue to do that. Uh, but Drake Jackson taking a big leap in year two, I mean, would do wonders for this team. Right. So, uh, so yeah. No, I agree. I agree on Drake Jackson. I mean, I think that uh, the year two, uh, jump is going to be needed, and I think that you know you'll you'll definitely see uh, some some improvements from Drake Jackson. Real quick, I realized that are in the chat. Obviously, we saw 49ers throwback. Uh, no border sports. I do want to thank you for tuning in, as well as Emiliano, and then Loda the Truth 05, and then uh, we got the real team me, Jason Agins, as well as Steve Supremo. That's the dog, man. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll get to your questions here, and then we'll be on our way. Starting off with 49 Emmanuel Mosley. Nick Bosa on a Richard Sherman's podcast today talked about the defense, and he said how we've got a good amount of players. The linebackers, Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, Trevorius Ward. He even said E-Man will be back. Interesting, because... Earlier uh, earlier today, or no, earlier yesterday, John Lynch talked about Emmanuel Mosley and the cornerback position and raved about a guy who was on the roster last year and really broke out, which was Diablo Lenore, and didn't necessarily commit to the 49ers re-signing Emmanuel Mosley, said it was, I, I believe his exact words was, it was, it's far from done. But it seems like Nick Bosa has some lack. What do you think about it? What do you think about Lynch's comments? Yeah, I mean, players. I don't know how much players have have say in personnel decisions for the 49ers. I think Nick Bosa wants Emmanuel Mosley back. Obviously, Emmanuel Mosley and Charvarius Ward. That that lineup was extremely productive. Um, you know, they were turning into one of the better corner duos in the league uh, before the injury. I would tend to go with what more John Lynch is saying because I think the report came out. I don't know who 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 it was from, Rohan. You probably know, but it was saying the market market value for Emmanuel Mosley was something like sixteen point five million a year or something like that. Um, oh, that spot yeah, track stuff. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So if they believe in Diamador Lenore the way that they believe in him, there's no way they're paying sixteen and a half million dollars for a guy that they feel like they might have the answer on the roster itself. Um, so if that, it, it kind of depends on what Emmanuel Mosley's, where Emmanuel Mosley's head is at. Like, is he, if he's able to go out there and get a deal that's like 16 and a half million a year, and there's teams that are willing to give him that, I'm sure he walks, right? And goes and gets that money if that's what he wants. If, if there's some value for him to play with the 49ers, I think the 49ers would give him a deal, but it wouldn't be anywhere close to what he could probably get in the free market. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of kind of depends on where he's at. I most likely would think that he'd probably walk because he was an undrafted rookie. He's never gotten paid before, and uh, this is his opportunity to get paid. So if it's out there, 
Um, and you know, I, like I said, there's there's multiple teams that know about him, right? Houston, uh, the Titans, the Jets, Miami. They all know what he's capable of because they've been on the he's been on the roster when those guys have been there. So I would kind of lean towards him not coming back just because I don't think the 49ers are willing to invest that much. The only other, the only thing that might, I might backtrack or might is that when he did talk about Emmanuel Mosley and I'm talking about John Lynch, he said he could play outside and inside. So if they think they're going to move him to inside and then maybe bring back Emmanuel Mosley and have like a lineup of Ward, um, Mosley and, and Lenore at the, at the nickel or slot, maybe, but I don't know. It doesn't seem likely. To me, I think it's interesting because I think that this is going to be one of the talked about, uh, most talked about ones throughout uh, throughout like the next few weeks until free agency. I had Emmanuel Mosley as my number one free agent to bring back over Mike McGlinchey. I think the value he brings, the value that he will likely cost given his ACL injury is huge. And I think he should get some competition. Houston obviously is a very clear one because to be a cornerback one for that team pretty much going into his prime, I think is huge. But Emmanuel Mosley, I mean, Nick Bosa's com comments do give me confidence, but Emmanuel Mosley, he's a guy who has been very good for the 49ers. I think you, yeah. if you have a chance to bring him back at a reasonable price, you don't let that talent walk. I understand Diamond Lenore is there, but I also think it puts Diamond Lenore in a good place because he can play in the slot. And what uh, a good talent about Diamond Lenore is his size, which allows him to play in the run. And playing the run fits are really important for the 49ers as a nickel corner. I think Diamond Lenore fits that very well. And there's a reason that they wanted him in there over Samuel Womack after, what, week two or something? When Womack was the guy, um, they flipped to Lenore. And then obviously Lenore had to kick out. So I do think that there's a value in having Lenore there. And... I like the younger players. I do want the younger players to get time, but you also have to capitalize on your window. Mosley at a younger age, coming off an ACL injury, shouldn't be too expensive. I think the 49ers can get him on a two-year deal uh, or even a one-year prove-it deal, have him hit free agency, and then get a big contract again. I don't think he necessarily signs a massive extension with the 49ers, one of those three-year $42 million deals like Ward. Do I think he's worth it? Yeah, I, I honestly think I wouldn't mind if he got that from another team um, prior to the injury. So I do think he's worth it. But I think he could sign a prove-it deal uh, worth eight to ten million. I would not mind that. And the 49ers have really, really strong secondary next year. Yeah, it's just if he would take that because if he's Very getting, you know, I, I think that I think that he is going to find a team that's willing to give him a three-year, you know, something like thirty, thirty-five million type deal or something like that just because of how important cornerbacks are in the league especially with how good wide receivers are um so yeah i i, I don't think he's going to be a bargain player for the 49ers i'm with you though this team is better with him than without him i just think that that eight million ten million dollar deal i don't know if that gets it done I think maybe a guy like greedy williams might come to the 49ers on that type of deal i think emmanuel mosley realizes he he i think he wants to get paid no i agree i agree but sunil it's been a hell of a show man we have decided we're going to split up this week into two different shows because there's a lot to talk about so if you guys have loved what you've heard today be sure to check out us later in the week it'll either be uh closer to the weekend of course but we've got things like Mike McGlinchey to talk about after what John Lynch said. We've got things like uh, some other topics from comments he said, as well as the uh, incoming news from the draft combine 
So we are going to have another show later this week. But those of you guys that uh, drop your questions, continue to add in the comment section. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Any final thoughts, Neil? No, nah, man. I love that the chat is is active. Obviously, a lot of questions there. We'll make sure to write those down and give us topics for um, our show later on this week. So, so keep tapped in. 100%. Guys, thank you so much. We will be back with another show. So, Neil, you want to take us out of here? Like I always say, stay safe, stay hydrated, and we'll talk again very, very soon. See you guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.